All right, let's get started. Yesterday's daf was uh, daf pei zayin. Today is pei ches. We'll do a review of yesterday's daf. Get to today's. We're learning for shleima das basronia, michal aviva bas yehudis, and and Amy bas dvora. Amy bas Okay, and let's do it. Let's get to the review. I just want to tell you, Yehuda, you're online, but uh, the uh, the um, the batteries are drop low. I didn't charge it. Okay. All right. So uh, we started off yesterday at the uh, at the Gemara and uh, the bottom of the Mishnah on Daf Pei Vav Amid Beis, and the question is, um, we're saying that uh, he wrote her that um, the Shvuah the Neder. I'm not gonna. I won't ask you to swear about, or or vow about anything. What shvua about? What about what kind of shvua are we talking about? So Rav Yuda, so machlokas here. Rav Yuda, in the name of Rav, says that uh, we're talking about um, her being in charge of the estate. That's what it's referring to. Like I'm not gonna make you swear. He wrote that in advance of the marriage that if she's in charge of anything, that he won't. Um, um, make her swear regarding something that she's in charge of in terms of finances. Um, and uh, Rav Nachman said that it's talking about that he won't make her swear regarding somebody who dips into her ksuva, meaning she took some funds as, pay, as prepayments for her ksuva, and uh, that, that's what he won't make her swear regarding that, um, meaning how much did she exactly take, and Meaning he's trusting her. So Rav Mordechai said this over to Rav Ashi. And, Rav Ashi, and, and basically the question is, is that Pogemah Ksubasa at least makes sense that she would think, she would say, you know what, I want you to make, you know, to take a note that you're not going to make me swear regarding this. Because what if I need money? There's money available. I don't want to be able to have that flexibility. Can I, you know, to dip in and, uh, and not be forced to swear? So I hear that she would put that as a stipulation that she doesn't want to have to swear about that. But why would she even think that he's going to be putting her in charge of anything um, uh, that she would uh, say that oath of uh, Petropia, I, I don't want you to have to make me swear. Okay, so that's the question. So uh, the Gemara says... Um, we're talking about where she said to him, just write that you won't make me swear. <laughs> In other words, like, period. Like, not, not tied to anything, and that would encompass everything, or whatever it would encompass. Meaning it wasn't with anything particular in mind. Okay, so the Gemara then says, um, uh, uh, the, so, so, uh, no, so that was, I'm sorry, I take it back. That was the question. The answer he says, you know what, your problem is because you put it onto the wrong part of the Mishnah. Yeah, you put it on the fir- that first part of the Mishnah. Um, I have it on the second part of the Mishnah. That uh, the Mishnah says that if she, that, that, that if she goes from the, after burying her husband back to her father's home or returns to the house of the father-in-law or she's an apotropist, then the Arshim can't make her swear about the past, but only about the future. And um, um, well, which past? So that's what we're talking about is Apetropa that was Nasus Bechayi Baila. And the, the point being is, but between the death and the burial, then he could make her swear. And Ramasna says, no, even from the death to the burial, you can't make her swear regarding any of the affairs. And the reason why is because the expenses at that time 
is falls into the category. There's a group of three types of expenses that time is of essence, and you can't get the best price for things that you have to sell. You just gotta sell it to quickly. So uh, that's for head taxes, for food, and for uh, burying. Um, you know, so because again, you can't just wait around. Okay, so that's the difference, and therefore, um, because of that, we can't make her swear on that. It's like uh, we've got to give the trust over there. Next, we saw Rabbah in the name of Chia. Very interesting a different differential in terminology. If you say without neder or without to low neder to low shua, so then he can't make her swear, but the yarshim can. But if you say naki neder or naki shua, that's a little that's stronger expression. Then it's both on him and on the inheritors, because um, it's saying she should be clean from any shua. It's broader. So Rav Yosef said the name of No, when it's with the word delo, then it's he can't make her swear, but the Yarshim could. If he says naki, so then everybody can make her swear. Why? Because it means the opposite. It means that the way to absolve yourself of any uh, 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 suspicion is by swearing. So naki shua, meaning you'll be clean al shua, meaning that you need to swear. Anyway. Um, so Rav Zakai sent to Marukva without whatever the term is both of these terms that we're using it's a different uh, key element if he says on my property so then that's when he can't make her swear but the Yorshim could but if he said on this property so then it's encompassing both him and the Yorshim um, and they can't make her swear and Rav Nachman said name is Shmuel that Abishol ben Irmu Miriam said that it doesn't matter whichever terminology shvua, lo shvua, naki shvua, lo neder, naki neder, nixai, nixai ilain, all of them should really encompass both him and the Arshim, and they, none of them should be allowed to make her swear, meaning that's clearly what the understanding is. But the, you can't, but it's still too bad because because um, um, the Chacham say, um, you know, anybody who's paying me nixai, some of them can only pay. Bishvua, uh, and that's uh, the problem. What's the difference between the orphans and the, and the heirs? Because it would be the same thing, right? I mean, hmm? picture of the heirs of the sons that are clamoring for the, you know, they settle the estate, and the orphans are poor little kids that don't have anybody to take care of them. Yeah, no, but but I mean, you uh, swear to take from the orphans. I understand. What about the heirs? They are orphans. <laughs> they are well. Yeah. We don't make a distinction so, of that, how old they are. Adults that have their own families and businesses are considered in the same basket as orphans or kids? Or, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean... Or, 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 or not even, not even but just not seasoned in the ways of the world. That they yeah, but I think the idea is, is that because they're not, because any heir is not aware of their father's, necessarily of all the father's feelings, so they're at a, they're at a risk. They don't know, even if they're very savvy on their own, what the, what they know about. But in their father's estate, they're like, it's like they're a weak. They're in a weak position. That's I think we, you know. But they are right. referred to as orphans. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't change. It's not only minor orphans. That's what you're assuming. That's not the yeah, case. Okay. I know, right? But I'm saying I think we use it broadly. Whatever. Okay. Okay. okay so good. Issue, yeah. yeah. Well, the answer orphans is yes. I understand we generally relate to it in uh, terms of people who need help or like uh, can't fend for themselves, yeah, right? Yeah. Kids, right, little kids. People, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
So that's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, others have this whole statement of Rabbi Shol ben Ben Ima Miriam um, as a standalone statement. Um, that again, it's ma'esa. The, the Chachamim require that you can't take anything away from the orphans without an oath, and that's just what it is. Whatever condition was made, it's just the way it is. Okay. Next, we talked about. Uh, uh, if a woman dipped into ksuva, then she must t- make a shvua in order to get out of it, get get the rest. Um, that she didn't get any more than what she claimed that they admitted to. Um, if there's an, one aide who testifies that it's paid, then she also needs to swear in order to get. If it's coming from the property of the orphans or from leaned property, meaning it's after the husband died, then of course it also requires a shvua. And um, if it's taking away from sold property, that's nechazim mishupadim, it always requires a shvua. And we went through all these cases. Um, so the ksuva is a thousand zos. She says, I got uh, that. He said, You got your ksuva ready. And she says, No, I only got a hundred. So, um, so then she has to swear that that's all she got. Um, one aide testifies that it's fully paid, is the case where she said where the ksuva was a thousand. She said, He says, You got all of it. He, she says, No, I didn't. And one aide says, Yes, you, well, you did. So again, she needs to swear. The chasm means that. That he doesn't have any assets on him. He sold off the his property, and she's going to take her ksuva from the property. She needs to swear that she was not given any funds. And nixi yisomim is if after he dies and the property is now belonging to the yisomim, she needs to swear in order to get it. And Shlobafanov is the last case. That's where he's uh, overseas. She wants to get her ksuva and. Um, um, and uh, it, again, that's the case of uh, Shalom Bafanov. Um, she needs to swear to Bezdin that she didn't, he didn't make any other arrangement. Now, Rabbi Shimon says in the end of the Mishnah, which we'll really get to in today's daf, because like, we didn't get to it in yesterday's daf, that uh, as long as she's claiming Ruxuva, the Arshim um, can make her swear. If she's not claiming anything, then the Arshim cannot make her swear. We'll see what that's going on. Okay. So um, Rami Barchama thought that uh, that this shvu over here is a shvu daraisa because it's a case of moda b'mixas, and we know the rule of moda b'mixas is uh, that uh, if you admit to part of a claim, then you need to swear. Um, so Rabbi says there's two reasons why this is definitely not the shvu daraisa. Number one, normal shvu daraisa is you swear to free yourself from having to pay, meaning you claiming that I owe you two hundred. And I say, no, I don't owe you 200. All I owe you is 100. That's multiple makes us. So I have to swear to that effect. Okay? Um, that's like this when there's smoke, there's fire. If there is, are you already admitting to part of the debt? So then, you know, and now you're just saying it's a little less, and that's what we make you swear. Okay? But this is the other direction. Here she's swearing to collect. That's very different. And number two, being that it's a denial related to a lien of land, there's a general principle that we do not swear any land-related uh, things, uh, and that falls onto that category, and therefore, that's another reason, uh, it's a shibud karka, um, there's a re- re- rule, um, so, bottom line is, this is clearly not the shvut ha so it's a shvut mitor banan, 
And, and the reason why is because people who pay typically are more aware of what they, how much they paid than the people who have been paid. And the idea is putting the shul on her is that then she'll pay better attention, think more into it. It's like, you know, maybe I did get more money than that. Okay. Um, next question is uh, the case of... Um, uh, the question was, what about a, when, when she dipped into the ksuba and there's witnesses? Um, do we say that, look, um, if she, if it being that if it was fully paid, you'd assume that he would use the witnesses, and there are no witnesses that it was fully paid, there's only witnesses to a partial payment. So maybe then she wouldn't have to swear to the rest. Or maybe it happened that he didn't. So that was the question. So we brought a raya that it says, anytime there's an oath in the Torah, you swear and not pay. There are those that swear and take. There's a hired worker, a person who was robbed. How much was robbed? A person who was harmed, who was damaged. And um, where the person opposite you is uh, a known liar, so he, can't, he would swear falsely. And a store owner on his ledger saying how much they, is on the ledger. Um, and also somebody who to help them to the star without witnesses. So doesn't that prove that it's only when it's without witnesses, but if it's with witnesses, so then that, not. So the Gemara says, no, of course, maybe it's even worse. With witnesses, of course, she needs to swear on the rest. But even without witnesses, where you think that maybe she, by her admitting, and there's no witnesses, that's like a Mesha Baveda. She has like a Mika. She could have denied the whole thing. She could have said the full things do. The, the fact that she's saying... Part of it uh, was paid. Is like you know, uh, you know, like she should not need to swear for it. Kamashman that she does. So that's uh, that's exactly the that that's the bottom line. That we want to say that with witnesses, all the more so that you should have to swear. Now the question was, um, somebody who dips into the ksuva a very little bit, less than a shava pruta, and that's what she admitted to. Does that mean that she's so careful that she obviously is telling the truth? Or do we say that uh, it's all a trick? So we remain, it's a good question. We remain with the question on that. Could be it's part of her trick to make us think that she's so careful when really not. Next question is, what about where the ksuva she's saying is actually less than the face value? So is that the same thing as a bukemes? Or is that not? She's actually not admitting in part. She's saying it's fully due. So that was the question. Um, so we brought a proof. It says a is gets without shvua. Case is the ksuva, the face value of the ksuva is a thousand zos, and he says you got your ksuva, and she says no, I didn't at all. But the ksuva, although it says a thousand, is really only a hundred. So uh, so she gets it without having to swear. The question is a basis on the on what basis there entire. Entitlement is based on the document. She's saying this document is not true. So then why is she allowed to get it? So the answer is, is that it's not a false star. She's saying that there was that he trusted me by writing on the extra large star that I would only claim the correct amount, which is a hundred. So it was between the two of us. All right. Anyway, next one is um one witness says that it's Purua. The next case. So so Rami Barhama, same thing, thought that this is Shwoda Raisa. Because that's what Talacha is. One witness cannot um, prove that somebody's a sinner or done something wrong. But for a Shvoah, we do believe one witness and you have to swear. He can, if you, um, so anytime two people will make you have to pay money, 
one person will make you have to swear to that effect. So he says, is this a Shavuot or Raisa? So Rabbi says, two reasons why it's not. Same as before. First of all, everyone who swears in the Torah is swearing to free from paying. Here she's swearing to take. And it's, uh, you don't swear when it's related to a leaned property, to, to, to land. And her debt is land, is attached to the land. So Rabbi says it's a clearly a rabbinic one, and it's all to calm the husband down. After all, he says that you've been, at least, you know, he has a witness that she paid. She should have to at least swear to the fact in order to collect again. And that's where we got up to yesterday, and we'll take it from here.